Welcome to the Sacred Seven Podcast, a place where we explore self-identity, relational spirituality, and emotional intelligence. This is a place where we transform culture through story and through interaction. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you feel the value of remembering the process of your own self-identity and who you really are. Oh, blessings family. I'm out here um, at the park and I'm just getting ready to go live with my amazing friend Vedette, uh, who is a ceremonialist and works primarily with women doing a variety of different amazing um, experiences. So please share this to your spiritual group, share this to any organizations that you have out there, friends, people who are connected to spiritual community. It feels really good to be able to share this kind of impactful information with those that are out there. So uh, I'm really excited to uh, connect you to a dear friend of mine, a friend of mine that I have been working with for, oh, there's, I don't even know how many years now. I think it's, gosh, close to a decade, I would imagine. Probably seven, eight years we've been working together. So we'll get more into that as we go here. And let me see. All right, sweet. Very grateful we have this opportunity to connect here um, and share some information with our mutual audiences. Mm -hmm. And it's been quite some time, you know, since we were able to connect. And uh, I feel like there's some great works in the future for us and some opportunity to explore more sacred space. Mm -hmm. And really, that's why I wanted to invite you on. And, you know, I know that you're doing some amazing work out there and uh, amazing opportunity to really share information with uh, the world. So yeah, I wanted to go ahead and introduce myself here and then go ahead and turn it over to you and have you introduce yourself. And then let's just explore kind of what comes up for us. You know, what's, uh, what's in the field. I'd love to talk a little bit about the ceremonial space that you hold and your connection to the sacred and the different vehicles that you that you share your medicine through. So I'll go ahead and bring us in here. So Dogate Andrecker Yinishe Donne Nishinige Inde Nishe Irish Bashachin Inde Dashiche German Dashinali Akote Go E Tishli A Portland Oregon Inisha Shama E Kathy Lindsay Woye Shaza E Del Ecker Wole. So I am Andrew Ecker, my mother Kathy Lindsay, my father uh, Dale Ecker, or my mother's mother Elva Gallegos, Apache woman from New Mexico, my father's mother Evelyn Beatty, Irish woman from Pennsylvania, my mother's father Leroy Lindsay, Apache man from Arkansas, my father's father Wayne Ecker, German Algonquin from Pennsylvania, I have a daughter Bailey, a son Peyton, a beautiful beloved fiance Monica. I was incarnated into this body in the land of the Multnomah in Portland, Oregon, although I reside here in the land of the Akmal Atam, the Peeposh, the Maricopa, the Indian people here in Phoenix, Arizona. So grateful to be here with my dear sister and my beautiful, beloved, sacred friend, Vedette. And I would love for you to introduce yourself here to my audience and also uh, just to the space that we're creating. Mm -hmm. Oh, give thanks, brother. It is always a pleasure to be in sacred space with you because the spaces that you carry are sacred wherever you go. Mm. And so um, for myself, my name is Sabrina Vedette. My new um, last name from my marriage is Elmalia. And I'm the daughter of Rita Rosen and Albert Hayat. I am the granddaughter of Erna 
whose last name was lost in the pogroms that she experienced. Her, uh, her history has been merged with those of the many that were murdered in Eastern Europe at the time of the Holocaust. And on my father's side, I am the granddaughter of Renee Hayat um, from Egypt. And so I come here and I am reporting to you from the land of my birth, which is New York. And I am not quite clear of the indigenous relations that I share this land with as I have lived in California for 18 years. And this is my first time being back um, on the native land of my birth since I was a teenager. So I have mm. to learn about the spirits that roam these sacred mountains and rivers where I exist in the Hudson River Valley. That's yeah. beautiful, Vedette. And you know, also congratulations on your marriage. I'm so grateful and I can't wait to meet your beloved. Thank you. Yes, yes. I may add that I'm the wife of Amos Almalia. Uh -huh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. And this is a new member of our family. And I don't know if I've met uh, your beloved yet. I mean, there's so many people that we've met mm -hmm. uh, out there in the world and doing this work that we do and sharing the amazing blessings with so many of our community members. I just don't know if I recall meeting your beloved. Have I met your beloved? Not yet. Perhaps in the dream time. Um, he mm -hmm. is from Israel and um, he is not a part of our spirit family yet. And as soon as we all get to move about in the ways that we are used to in our um, flow around the world, we will all converge together and uh, it will be a meeting from the cosmos. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> and it's, it's just so beautiful to me that, you know, you're opening yourself up in vulnerability to the idea and the concept of, you know, not knowing the indigenous people of the lands that you inhabit. And, you know, this is something that I feel is not only your responsibility, but the responsibility of the culture, you know, and it's a sad state that we live in that there's not a, a sign when you drive down the road that says, welcome to the ancestral lands of, you know, we have welcome to California. We have welcome to Phoenix. We have welcome to all of these regions and ideas but yet you know our culture has yet to take responsibility for the indigenous people the ancestral lands that we inhabit and i hold no fault to you at all i hold only the space of realizing that this is a a, a gainful moment for you you know to connect to those ancestral lands and connect to the ancestral ways because new york was a rich place of of ancient wisdom and still is a rich place of of uh, ancient wisdom. It's just buried underneath a lot of big buildings. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. You know? Uh, so, you know, we come together in that good way that we are both, you know, on this path of learning together and optimizing the way that we understand ourselves. It is beautiful that you and your heritage have a way of identifying yourself as a child and a grandchild. What does that mean to you and in your practice to identify yourself in that way and also to honor your grandmother? As she came through, I felt the chills, you know, go through my body as you gave us a little bit of insight into the matriarchal system of your ancestral lineage you know it was so beautifully done the dead and so much value in that you know living in the toxic masculinity that we are currently faced with that our father's father is our namesake you know this is the way that we has created ownership over ourselves it's so beautiful that you were able to honor your grandmother here mm -hmm. you know in this way and uh i feel such a a beauty in that so can you share with us a little bit about, you know, is that something you were taught? Is that something you grew up with? 
How did you come into that understanding of your personal ceremonial introduction? Well, I grew up with a strong maternal line, and it is the women that really carried through our survival. I come, um, I'm a child for both lines of genocide, um, one line coming from Egypt, the other line coming from Eastern Europe, and directly in my grandparents' lineage, there was many mass murders of mouse in my family. It is actually quite a miracle that I'm alive um, and that my that the seed was able to be passed. And there were the women in my particular line that were the ones that were um, pushing for the survival and that made it to America so that I could be birthed onto this earth. And I, in 2014, I had the greatest honor of being adopted into the Choctaw Muscogee Yamasi Nation um, as a diplomat um, representing um, children and women. And this was an honor that I was bestowed due to my sacred works with youth and due to my sacred works with women and womb healing. And um, through the Yamasi um, clan mother that I had the greatest privilege of having the tutelage under they um, brought the maternal lineage um, importance you know their clan is run through the maternal lineage and the clan mothers were the decision makers in uh, this nation and the chiefs all would converge to the one clan mother you know who was also in charge of the dream lodges that were really diving deep into the dreams of the women in through their menstrual cycles and through these dreams and through our menstrual cycles were the visions for the tribe um, created. And so from my own experience and my tribal experience, that is how I came to my introduction. So beautiful. You know, there are there's certain prophecies that are out there that talk about how the indigenous people of North America would awaken these ancient tribal technologies inside of the uh, the whole earth, basically. And it seems so beautiful to me that in that way that you would come back to that ceremonial knowledge mm -hmm. of how to bring in your grandmother and what a powerful presence, you know, she has uh, as I felt it in my body. Mm -hmm. I literally felt when you were bringing her in, you know, her presence into this space that we're conducting ourselves in. And that for me is something that is so valuable uh, in our contemporary culture that has such a distorted understanding and such a captivity by the toxic masculinity of this world. And, and some of you may be questioning what that means. You know, what does toxic masculinity look like? And there's a reference point right between the divine masculine and the toxic masculine. There's a difference there. And the divine masculine is about the protection way. It's about the linear. It's about the problem solving. Mm -hmm. This is what the actual divine masculine brings in. Mm -hmm. And the toxic masculine is this idea of ownership. It's this idea of captivity. It's this idea of creating, you know, toxic representations of defensiveness. Mm -hmm. And why that's important to navigate that is about us bringing balance between the feminine and the masculine and then the trinity being the sacred child. Mm -hmm. So as you come into the space and you declare, you know, that I am the child of and I am the grandchild of, there's that beauty of the Trinity being activated. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that opportunity for the feminine, the masculine and you as sacred child. The sacred child is really the one that comes into this realm with the power of faith. You know, little babies and you've worked so eloquently over the years with so many little babies and mm -hmm. so many little children. And we know the energy and our, our togetherness in that. 
You know, we've been uh, directors of basically so many movements all over the the West Coast and all over, you know, ripple effect into the world of what it means to be a conscious individual on this planet. And some of these organizations, you know, are called music festivals. But for us, you know, there's so much more to that. There's a way of, of getting out the cutting edge approach to how we reclaim our earthling title, how we reclaim our powerful sacredness. And, you know, there's so many extensions and so many different roads that we could go down in the work and how you so, you show up in community that I'd love to explore here today. Uh, and also, you know, resting into that place of realizing that you as an individual, you conduct yourself from the power of your own innate sacredness. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's so beautiful because when you have it, then you can give it. And it has been an exploration and it has been an uncovering and it is a practice, mm -hmm. an eternal practice in a certain sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're listening right now, please share this. Uh, already there's been some really powerful un uncovering of ways and means that we as a community can begin to activate ourselves. So I'd like us to explore, you know, what it means for you in the space of the movement of family. You know, this, fa this idea of family, this idea of community. Uh, we we have been so privileged to be able to facilitate sacred space for what I would say is some of the most, I guess, expansive ways of looking at these questions of how do I show up in family? How do I show up in community? And how I show up to create opportunities for the expansion of our children, mm -hmm. to keep our children in that sacred child space. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for us to talk a little bit about that. So what comes forward for you when... I, you know, I asked the question, what is family? Well, the first thing that I can share that comes straight from the heart is family doesn't mean blood. You know, we are all one human family and we have broken into our familial tribal units. And um, those, you know, we, maybe some call them spirit family, um, some call them tribal family. But I know that from the past 20 years of being on the road and, um, you know, really um, making the most of traveling around the world to learn um, my path and to dive deeper into the self-realization of who I am and how I can best serve my community and my family and my, my world. My family, when I think of that, I think of all of the incredible, vibrant, vivacious humans whose paths have crossed and we have elevated each other into next stages of our life's soul, mission, and purpose. It is so important to gather our family close and to gather our tribe near and to build our community web so that we can thrive as humans. It's very interesting the way that America has set up what is considered family. It is really only in this establishment of the modern world that we decided I'm only going to support the people that I birthed from my womb or the people that my mom birthed from theirs. You know, we've created such tight, small family units. And if you look at any tribal culture, if you look at any ancient tradition, you know, the entire tribe was a family. And what happened now is that we have such a small support system 
is it such a surprise that we can't accomplish these big worldwide visions and goals if we're only just this one person? You know, if we're only just two people and yet talking about world peace and how we're going to bring about environmental change and how we're going to change climate change, do you think it's going to happen if you only consider your family, the three people sitting at the dinner table? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a lot harder to even desire to want to recycle. It's a lot harder to even desire to want to do anything that's going to affect the world on a greater scale, whether it's as simple as, you know, not taking a 20 minute shower just because the hot water feels good to, you know, stopping um, the Amazon from being, um, you know, needlessly cut down so that you can build your second home. You know, if you only consider the three people at your dinner table, your family, it's going to be very hard to extend anything else to the people of the world. And so for me, you know, I've spent so much of my life in devotion and service to the youth of this planet. And when I go to Costa Rica and I or I go to Compton, the children that I'm sitting in circle with, those are my children. Those are, and it's not an ownership. I, I don't, I don't feel like I own them. It's that I feel that we are from the same womb of the Divine Mother. <laughs> we are all of the same eternal soul. And it is my responsibility to step in when the ones that birth them perhaps need some support. It's not like, oh, that's yours. You, you can handle that. It's like, okay, we're in this together. We're all in this together. We got this. And so, you know, we start with our small, you know, nuclear family and we expand that to our community and our tribe and to, you know, the, our family around the world. That is my long definition of family. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And what really what comes forward for me is this idea of, you know, there's so many people out there that don't have a way of introducing themselves in the Sacred Seven. And that's, you know, the, the idea of this work that I do, which is you, your mom, your dad, your mom's mom, your father's mother, your mother's father, and your father's father. And there's a resistance for introducing a parent outside of your biological parent. And that resistance is really only established in this distorted culture. When I go into sweat lodge with my relatives that have grown up in the traditions, they might have six grandpas. They might have seven grandmas. And the one that they introduce is usually the one that's in ceremony with them. Because within the clan system, and this is really a system that was a part of all of us when we had a way of introducing ourselves around the fire, somebody stepped in. And it's said in our tradition that if you don't know how to introduce yourself, you're called abandoned. And it's not abandoned in the way of what we think, like, oh, we shunned you. It's a punitive model of abandoned. It's abandoned in, in the way of, oh my God, everybody needs to come around this child and take ownership of this child and give this child an ancestral lineage that they can introduce themselves from. If that child does not have a grandparent to introduce themselves from, that means that it's the community's responsibility. It's not that child's responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's not that child's fault that they don't have a grandma. Mm -hmm. It's the community's responsibility mm -hmm. because somebody needs to step up and fill their sacred seven. Mm -hmm. Somebody needs to be their mom. Somebody needs to be their dad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, in, in this way of understanding our ancestral lineage and coming forward in that way of practice 
and holding space and how you eloquently talked about, you know, being adopted into a tribal clan here in North America and, and being able to understand your lineage back to your clan mother, that you actually have a lineage in that adoption practice. Like these are ways that we as people that are coming into a greater sense of what it means to be an earthling, we need to talk about this because you're exactly right. When we come back to the culture of the earth, it are, it's these technologies that will usher us into that way of living in relational spirituality. You see, relational spirituality is about being the relative of the mountain. It's about being the relative of the child. It's about being the relative of the tree. Mm -hmm. And when we say all my relations, mm -hmm. right, it's not just a bumper sticker, a t-shirt mm -hmm. or, you know, something you put into a dream catcher over your bed. Mm -hmm. It's it's a way of living life, bro. It's a mm -hmm. way of being in that goodness, you know, and I'm just so proud of you, Vidette. You know, I just have seen so much transformation in your life and just so much ownership and clarity, you know, in the way that you conduct yourself. You have you've been a person behind the scenes and even there's a resistance when you come forward and you get so emotional. You know, I've seen I've spoke about you in circle and I've seen you tear up and I've seen your your humbleness, you know, in the way that you are present in that space and and you're one of those individuals that doesn't get a lot of people talking about you know very often because you're usually bringing people like myself together to show that medicine and to talk us up and to amplify our message but you're really you're you're such a beautiful grounding you know and i'm so grateful to to know you and to have connected with you in this path in this journey in our lives and to affect you know thousands of children together i mean literally thousands. i mean we've been working yeah we've been working together for since 2012. Almost, I know, it's coming up on a decade. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, literally me and, and this beautiful vessel of femininity have affected thousands of children's relatives. You guys that are listening, you know, you some of you know us from symbiosis, from lightning in a bottle, from lucidity, from, you know, all of these major movements around the country. Mm -hmm. And really realizing, you know, even neo-tribal and back into mm -hmm. that gathering that we facilitated together, there's just yeah. been so many you know, opportunities really to ground in and beloved. And now, you know, stepping into a space where you're curating your own family gathering. I'm just so excited about that. And that's a thread that I would love to explore. Uh, but I know that, you know, there's something here for our sisters that are joining in that I feel is, is so important for you to be this voice of, I, I, I would, I would say healing. I would also say transformation. Mm. I would also say uh, holding of sacred space. Mm. And, you know, there is so much disconnect from the body mm -hmm. for males and for females right yeah. now. It's not just a woman's thing, yeah. uh, but it's also, you know, something that I feel you can speak to on behalf of our sisters that are out there mm -hmm. of how we get reconnected with the sacred temple of Jalai. You know, how do you mm -hmm. get connected with this body? Mm -hmm. How do you get into your body and love and, and respect the cycles of the moon? You know, mm -hmm. how as a woman that's been taught, that's your period or that's, you know, something that's wrong with you. And I hear mm -hmm. people and I myself, you know, I have to confess, there's been times where I have blamed that cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, in my own life, I've looked at it and I've thought, you know, with my partner, with my beloved Monica, and you know, it's the, it's the conditioning of this culture as a man mm -hmm. to look at that and to say that there's something, you know, going on with her, you mm -hmm. know, and just being totally open and totally vulnerable. 
you know, on this live here, you know, to say that that is a part of my reality. You know, mm -hmm. how do we get back to that place of honoring the cycles of the woman? Mm -hmm. And because there's, you know, uh, me being in partnership with my beloved, mm -hmm. I am also a part of that. I have a relationship to that cycle, mm -hmm. you know, and I'd love for us to explore that in a deeper way here. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, for the men folks and for the women folks, you know, because you hold, share with us how you help this community reactivate that ancestral knowledge. Mm -hmm. Wow, there's so much wisdom and recognition and knowledge in what you shared. And the first thing is that the way that we as women, yet also as humans, but in this case women, can return back to ourselves, back to our feminine center, is through the rituals and practices of our ancestry. We are so disconnected from our sexuality, from our feminine nature, from our, our the rhythms and flows of our body and our blood due to the long-term effects of patriarchal society. And many of us know that like, yeah, okay, I've been oppressed by the patriarchy for like 500 years, all of my sacred medicines and traditions and the things that make me magical have been trashed at, or um, told or like told me to hide them or that they weren't sacred or that it wasn't good right and so the first step to reclaiming our womb reclaiming our sensual sovereignty reclaiming who we are as a creatrix of life the only being on this planet that can bleed without dying, the only being on this planet that can give birth to new life, you know, <laughs> is through the rituals and practices of our ancestry. And everyone has rituals and practices that their grandmothers and great-grandmothers practice. And right now it's so beautiful because we live in a world where there are different practices that are coming to light and that are coming into play. And, you know, for example, many indigenous practices of Turtle Island and South America are really coming through for people in the spiritual community because that's what's becoming um, known and available right now. However, every woman's grandmother has a tradition and that is part of our soul's journey to go deep into our lineage to figure that out. And that actually was one of my favorite parts about the Sacred Seven where you, when I was reading it and you said, I was inspired to look at my DNA. I was inspired to look up my ancestry because we as humans need ritual. We need practice. We need rite of passage. The only rite of passage that we have right now is a birthday or an anniversary or a retirement. These are some really thin, you know, pathetic versions of the rite of passage ceremonies that we used to have, you know, in all of our tribal communities. Because remember, every human on earth at one time lived in a tribal community, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you go back far enough, you had a tribe. And what was your tribe? tribe doing? What were your great grandmothers doing? What plants did your grandmothers work with? You know, one of my medicine traditions that I am so proud to be a medicine carrier of, and I'm so proud to bring back this woman's way, is through the process of vaginal steaming to restore balance to the womb space, right? And this is a woman's medicine tradition that no culture owns. And what this has to do with is as a woman, going out into the forest or into the jungle and connecting with the divine mother, connecting with the plants, connecting to nature, connecting with the forest, right? And then getting that download 
when you're asking for support, if you're a woman that's going through menopause or desiring to be pregnant, or you've been bleeding for 15 days, you don't know what's going on, or you know, every, your hormones are out of whack. Who do you think went into the woods and brought back that message from the plants? Oh, this plant, this plant heals cuts and wounds. This plant heals your digestion. This plant works with headaches. You know, there was no guide, field guide. No one, you know, there was no book. It was your ancestors that were out there receiving the messages from the plants and coming back and making those healing medicines for your family and community. And that was the true healing tradition. Those were the wise women. Those were the witches. Those were the shamans. It began with us. And so with, you know, when I work with vaginal steaming, I work with the four elements. And this is what I call in as the element of fire and the element of transformation, the fire that heats the water right and that water which is the carrier when we put the earth the plants in the water when that fire heats up the water the oils from the plants from the earth come into the water and infuse the water and then the steam which is the element of air carries the medicine into your body so really we're invoking the wisdom of our ancestors and using the four elements of our planet with the fifth element the fifth element the magic of our intention our words mm. which our spells, our heart which holds our dreams and hopes and which holds our desires. And we speak that medicine into the air. We speak that to the Divine Mother. We speak it into the water which holds vibration. We hold our ritual under the full moon. We hold that ritual under the moon because the moon is what moves our blood just like it moves the tides. We perhaps we're releasing sexual blockages or trauma. Perhaps we are working with the new moon energies, the dark, the birthing cycle, calling in new things into our life. What's up, Perfect Sevens? It's Andrew Ecker, your favorite author, guide into the realms of self-identity, emotional intelligence, and relational spirituality. I want to invite you to check out thesacredseven.com where you can get a free copy of my book. You can also purchase a signed copy with a personalized message channeled from the spirit directly to your life. You can also look at our journey, the Sacred Seven Journey, which is a masterclass that will take you into an opportunity to transform the way you relate to the world around you. We have guided imagery meditations there. This is a place for you to really expand your consciousness. And I'm grateful for you coming back and checking out our website, thesacredseven.com, where you can get connected with your optimal life. So we're invoking the four elements. We're invoking the fifth element of our intention. And we're working with the planetary forces of the lunar cycle to bring in that which we desire. And that is, you know, one of the most powerful and natural and also safe and effective practices that you as a woman can, can do with yourself for your self-love to bring you back to your feminine center, to bring you back to balance and health and stop saying, yeah, I need to go to a doctor. I need to go to an OBGYN because I have no idea what's going on with my body. And the patriarchy has told me that I don't know anything about how to heal myself. So I must go to a man to pull a baby outside of me. Like my body hasn't been doing this eternally since the beginning of time. You know, like I haven't been populating the planet without um without people sticking their hands inside of me to pull my babies out since the beginning of time 
And I will tell you that that is the beginning of the patriarchal process from birth. When a mother is ripped from her, the ability to birth her own child, that immediately puts her in service to the medical system. Because if she didn't know how to give birth, then how is she going to know how to take care of a cold? How is she going to know what to do when her baby falls? How is she going to know what to do anything? She has to now keep going to the doctor. And then we as women grow up and we are now addicted to that system too. And we don't look for our own research. We don't find out what the medicines are. We just do, we're just in the fast food McDonald's culture where we're like, okay, something's wrong. Go to a doctor. How about go online? How about find out where the plants are? How about find out what the medicine traditions are? You know, and if you mm -hmm. want to talk about getting back to yourself and re-remembering who you are as a woman and resurrecting your feminine sovereignty, it starts with knowing about your health. It starts with knowing how to heal yourself. And I'm not discrediting, you know, Western medicine. There's a place for everything. But the first yeah. resource is ourself. The first resource is our intuition. And when women come to me and they say, I feel disconnected from myself. I feel depressed. I feel lonely. I feel lost. I don't know what my purpose is. I ask them a few questions. One, have you been in nature today? Mm -hmm. Two, do you know any healing remedies to support your physical, mental, or emotional well-being? Three, do you know who your ancestors are? And this yes. now is the portal to that awakening that so that women begin to have. And you know, I personally feel my ancestors deeply, and I didn't always feel them. I started feeling them when I started asking them for support. I started feeling oh. them when I needed I needed more than what I had and when I laid my belly to the earth and I said, Show me. Show me mm -hmm. And they're all there, you know, people are like, Oh, Archangel Michael, oh, Archangel Raphael, oh <laughs> I'm like I'm like, listen, sisters, Jesus and Archangel Michael are busy. <laughs> They've got a lot going on. You know who, who's waiting for you? The whole line of ancestors are all standing behind you. And they're all looking down saying, maybe she's going to ask me for support today. Maybe she's going to be the one to break these chains. Maybe I can support her in this life mission of hers. And our ancestors are only ours and they're all waiting for us. You know, so coming back to the womb, coming back to the intuition, coming back to the self, coming back to the rituals, coming back to the practices. That's what this life walk is all about. Re-returning to ourself again and again, knowing thyself, healing thyself with food, with medicine, with air, with nature. You take a person out of the city and you put them into nature and all of a sudden things start to make sense. What the fuck was I doing in there? Yep. This is this is what I'm missing out on. When people, you know, go to the country, they're like, oh, I'm missing out on. What are you missing out on? Once you get into the country and you start getting into natural rhythm, you start putting food into your body that grew from the ground. Stop eating dead food. Start walking, getting real air into the deep part of your lungs. Start breathe, Stop breathing shallow from here. Breathe into the belly. Connecting back in when you see wild creatures that come to you that aren't afraid of you because they, they know that you're kin. This is yes. where you really start living. Mm -hmm. And this is what we need to come back to, bringing ourselves back into those spaces. And then when we bring ceremony into it, when we bring the sacred seven into it, yes. that's when we start going deeper. That's when we start opening up and blossoming. And that's when we say, I know what I was meant to do on this planet. 
I, I, I'm so clear, I'm focused. And then the universe begins to align everything. We say, oh, that's so funny. I just got fired from my job. And then someone, you know, just asked me if I wanted to go on a nature, you know, three month journey. How weird. It's like, no, that's not weird. <laughs> it's not a coincidence. That's you making that decision and knowing what yes. you want and knowing what's best for you and the universe lighting the way for you to be in there with yourself. Yes, so beautifully said, so beautifully said. And you know, for many of us, when we're trapped in this state of captivity, the only resolve that we have for, for a lot of our people out there is substance abuse. And they get into the spiral of medicating and basically suppressing those feelings of being an earthling. And it's, it's so important for us to come back to that understanding. And, you know, what I'm hearing from you is just, uh, it's so, you know, in line with everyone that, that joins me in the process of remembering, because that's really all we're doing is we're helping people to remember their empowerment to remember that they do have guides that they do have ancestors that there is a connection to this earth that you are an earthling relative you know you might be conditioned by your new age bookstore to believe that you're a palladian but you're missing out with your head to the sky you're missing out on so much beauty here you know and i'm not putting anybody down that has that narrative really you know i'm honestly opening you up in a way of understanding that there is a deeper connection and yeah i feel such a resonant frequency with that that there's you know people that will come to me at multiple different gatherings and they'll introduce themselves and they'll start immediately talking about angel guides and all this stuff and i'm like tell me your mom's name tell me your grandma's name you know like let's if we're gonna sit in circle together let's get real with one another you know like this is how we come back to a place of healing and not this you know toxic spiritual bypassing that so many people are caught up in and you know it is it's so empowering for me to hear that from such a strong vehicle of the feminine strength from you and and I just bless you on your path, Vedette. You have so much to offer this world and you've done so much to bring yourself to that space of refining your message and speaking your message with clarity and focus. It's like you're burning like the blue flame fire. You know, that fire that burns in the vacuum of space, that burns underwater, that cuts through the chains of captivity. And so many of our relatives are caught in the toxicity of this captivating place within our reality and yeah you know get out of the, the fast food industry get out you know limit your usage of the medical you know they're really good at fixing bones you know if you have a broken bone you know if you yeah. need stitched up that's a great place exhaust yeah. all of the natural resources before you go to your doctor you know all of the different cognitive behavioral uh stuff that's going on right now the the children that are being brought in and being conditioned to be add and being conditioned to be autistic and all of these different things that are really you know in our reality right now we need to be aware of the fact that there are resources out there there are people get connected with Vedette. get connected with drumming sounds with sacred seven you know exhaust everything relative before you step out and you start to get that help you know from the tradition you know the contemporary forms of medicine because the road i you know you know that i i work primarily me and monica in hospitals we work primarily in psychiatric lockdowns memory care skilled nursing and that the the level of institutionalization that's out there not only do we have more people in prison than any industrialized nation in the world but if you count the people that are in hospitals right now that this medicinal system is supposed to be healing it's unfathomable the amount of people that are literally living in wheelchairs right now 
and he locked away. And these are our elders. You know, I have gone in with multiple different relatives of mine that are indigenous healers. And, you know, one, you know, thing comes to mind with our brother, Natsambaya, you know, from Hopi. I brought him into the hospital uh, to meet a Hopi relative. And it turned out that this man was a Kachina chief, that he was literally uh, a facilitator of ancient songs, ancient songs. Mm -hmm. And you would not know it because he, he sat there and rammed himself into the wall over and over and over again in his wheelchair. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe he came down here to the city for work off the reservation. I don't know the backstory. But I know he wound up and he could have got in a car accident. He could have got a broken foot, an infection. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it led him into that place of extreme captivity. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and when Rick came in there and started singing songs and smudged with him, after that, it was the first time in his life that he spoke to anybody, mm -hmm. you know, in a hospital. I mean, this is the level of captivity that's out there right now in this, this contemporary version of medicine. Yes. So thank you for being a voice, Vedette. Thank yes. you for being uh, a shining light, a beacon on the hillside for so many of us that are in the darkness. And what I take from that, that message is relative. Exhaust all of your options. Nutrition. Exhaust nutrition. Exhaust mm -hmm. sacred space. Learn your ancestry. Mm -hmm. You know, get that into your heart. You know, learn how to say that I am the daughter of, that I am the granddaughter of. You know, pray, man, learn to pray, learn to sit with that fire. If the only thing you can do is, is light your sage, light your cedar. If that's all the prayer that you have, learn it, you know, use it in a good way and it's going to change your life, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I feel so much passion about that and so much, you know, I'm so grateful to have you on today. It's just, I could just sit and listen to you for hours. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, is it okay to unpack a little bit about what's in, or is it too soon? to talk about what's going on in your mind of a vision for a family a family gathering. What would that look like for you? The ideal family gathering. What would that space be? <laughs> <laughs> um, of course it is not too early. Of course, okay, great. Because dreams begin with, um, you know, with these visionings. And um, I just want to take a moment. I, we're on Andrew's IG Live. So this is his community. And um, I know that you all know him, but I, I see Andrew as a brother that has been in service to the elders and to the um, indigenous nations of this country through selfless service. And I honor you so deeply for your sacred works and for bringing your drumming medicine not only to you know the communities that we weave together but to those that are the most needy the most underserved you know wherever mm -hmm. there is the most underserved people the people that you know nobody wants to look at it's even more fun you know quote unquote to be with children than to be with elders you know and like people don't remember the medicine of the elders and we don't remember you know their stories and um, how how comforting it is to be with them and how much wisdom they hold and so Andrew is just seeping up that wisdom and knowledge and preserving it for all of us to be able to benefit from and um, oh. by giving them safe passage into the next life you know and mm. I ask for that and, oh uh, yes thank you as far as um, the family gathering, right? We don't have a name for it, the family gathering, um, the gathering. You know, um, <laughs> many of us have worked for tirelessly for um, the visions of really incredible movements in our transformational festival community. And I've been so honored for the past decade to give my time and energy to birthing the new paradigm for families to exist in, to birthing the possibility for so many nuclear 
families to realize that they can join together in community and tribe and coexist in in a beaut and walk the beauty way together. Mm -hmm. And um, it just feels very very potent right now because our large gatherings and our um, movements have been shut down or put on hold for an indeterminable amount of time. And so mm -hmm. really, it it is time for the family gathering to come through because we have so much um, to offer families, you know, and we are a tribe of um, facilitators, Andrew, myself, um, you know, the Riley Rainbow Family Circus, the Natural Leaders Foundation, um, Rainbow Lightning Village. I mean, I can go on and on of, of us that have really dedicated our lives to um, bringing transformational, holistic um, programs and experiences to youth and families to really bring in this new paradigm and to um, open up the starseed generation to being able to fully thrive without holding the generational trauma of our parents with us as we grow. There are there are so many new ways to learn. There are so many um, other ways to learn than you know what we've been told and what we've been taught. And so, family gathering is about bringing families together, not just in the greater container of a festival or you know uh, with everybody around, but the focus and the center and the heart, which is what we all really know in ourselves that children are the root. You know, we forget that children are the root, and so we've been placing children at the root of festivals for so many years you know but now it is time for them to be celebrated it's time to celebrate the family it's time to celebrate the the youth and so we're going to bring together this dynamic gathering where there's not only beautiful experiences for children but for parents because people forget about the parents too when parents are in the children's area it's beautiful to see the growth and development of your children but where are your workshops where are you where's your sacred sensual parenting workshop where is your you know nonviolent communication parenting workshop where is your you know feminine womb and and masculine man tribe like workshops and so the vision will really be that children will have their things parents will have their things the group dynamic will have our things and we'll come together with um, everything from music and community eating um, and camping and um, you know, just transformational experiences and everything from, you know, drumming to smoothie stations to circus arts to um, astrology. Really, it's going to be who shows up and wants to be in this safe container and what medicine that they choose to bring. So what we do is we hold and open this container and, in, and say, oh, you have a medicine that you want to share with the youth? Well, let's create that together, you know, and that's happening in 2021. Um, um, the projected dates are in August 18th. It's within the moon cycle as well. And so we're praying that, you know, with a gathering of 75 people or below, you know, that it will be sanctioned, um, you know, in terms of the ability to gather. And if it's not by that time, then we will adjust to do what it takes and whatever, you know, whatever we can do that's in the confines of, you know, this new world that is being forged right now, we will um, do in order to create this experience. Safely, and I'm safely for everybody. so yes, yeah, safely for everybody, and yeah. we're stoked to be a part of it, and really looking forward to grounding in and helping out and showing up in service. I'm just 
it's uh, you know i'm excited and things have been opening up a little bit for us here we just got connected with united natives and it's been like a dream opportunity for us to be able to help out with our indigenous families and yesterday i we taught a class on the sacred seven and seeing these little children listen to their parents introduce themselves and introduce them as a part of their identity uh and it's primarily apache and um and also D navajo dene and inde people my my people uh it's just like a dream come true and really refining that inside of the the vehicle of a family in a community that services people that are primarily dealing with substance abuse and coming out of incarceration and some of them dealing with even uh, mental health issues. Mm -hmm. uh, it feels like it's re I'm refining it in a certain way so that we can take that offering to the next place. And that's something that I feel would be so amazing to be able to bring again. And we did actually get our feet wet with you facilitating that sacred space at Symbiosis. And we had about, I think about seven or eight families come to the Sacred Seven offering. Um, and that was another layer of this like awakening, remembering process. You know, how beautiful it will be someday for families to be sitting around the campfire and little, you know, granddaughter to be able to share her ceremonial introduction with grandma present and to uh, to bring in her grandma you know i didn't have an opportunity to do that with my grandma yeah. you know i didn't have a, a sacred fireplace where i could bring my grandma and introduce you know myself with my grandmother you know my grandmother died when i was about 10 years old and you know we were still unpacking the generational trauma of our indigenous heritage you know the alcoholism yeah. substance abuse all of those things and now you know it's like uh, I want to give what I didn't have, you know, to the children yeah. to see that value of, of, you know, this this new birthing, this new earth wisdom um, that's really, you know, new for us in a certain sense that have lived in this captivity, but as old as our cultural identity itself. You know, it feels like so beautiful to be a part of that movement with you and so many of our other brothers and sisters out there that are doing this work with families. And yes, stay connected with us on Instagram. Uh, is there any place at all where they can get connected with the email list or anything like that right now? Or are we still in the visionary kind of place? We are still in the visionary type of place. But if you are connected to Andrew, you will know what is going on. Yeah. Oh, that's a great, yes, that's yeah. true. And we will be broadcasting it live. So I'd just like to say a, a prayer blessing for you to kind of close us out. I know that we, I don't even know how long we've been on. We kind of put aside 30 minutes and I'm sure we're way over that yeah. uh, just because the flow has been happening. Mm -hmm. um, unless there's something else that you'd like to share here, Vedette. I do. I would just like to share that you can find me on my channel, Sacred Lotus Yoni Steam. All right. And um, you can also find me here at Sabrina Vedette 1111. Um, if you are a woman that is, you know, struggling and having a challenging menstrual cycle or moving through any life stage or phase that you feel um, that you've either been um, to places and have not received the answers that you need, um, I am here for you. And um, I look forward to being in service and for and as well as if you know any other wombs that are going through challenges, it's really important for us to be the wisdom carriers for our sisters and our brothers, right? And uh, I maybe the next IG Live we can talk about how the masculine can really earn that knowledge and gain that support so that they can show up for their beloveds. And the first part is, you know, women, it's important for us to know the four seasons of our cycle so that 
we can share that with our partners so that our partners know, okay, I'm in my luteal phase. Don't take anything that I say personally this week, okay? Because this is coming out of an emotional space, right? And so if you want to get in touch with the seasons of your cycle and want to know how you can, you know, create a synonymous relation with your partner that works in tune with your body and how he can support you, you know, I'm here for you. So with that being said, much love and blessings. Thank you all for being here. Yes, and Vedette has my 100% validation. Uh, she is just a <laughs> totally awesome vehicle for everything that I've ever seen her put her hands to, honestly. Like, she just really comes through and very humble also. Um, and, you know, works from a really good space. I literally, I don't, I don't know if I can have, if I have ever had any sort of anything with you. Like, not even, it's always been smooth, 100% smooth sailing with the work. And we've worked together for a decade in some really intense places. I mean, we're talking about the Eclipse Festival, where it was literally 24 hours to get in. Literally 24 hours to get into the festival. You know, I mean, we're talking like some real, like, intense situations where everybody could be completely angry Mm -hmm. and completely in a bad place, you know, and Vedette just holds such a sacred kind of energy around her that it just flows, you know, and that's something that is very unique. You know, I don't encounter that a lot, even within myself. Like, there's a part of me that actually inspires to be in that place in the community organization work that I've done. You know, you really set a precedent for humility and for communication and for working in environments. Also, I've seen you navigate situations where leadership, you know, oftentimes when you're working in festival and producing a large area, and I mean a large area, like the Eclipse Festival, there was uh, recorded, I think it was 60 or 70,000 that they said that they knew were there. But trust me, there were a lot of people, probably closer to 100,000 people at that gathering. It was immense and huge. And you're navigating leadership and making sure that people are, you know, getting paid. Something as simple as getting paid or getting food or getting a shower or, you know, and, and then mommies and daddies and little babies crying that need, you know, first aid. I mean, literally the whole gamut of moving tens of thousands of people into the wilderness. Some of them didn't bring a sleeping bag, literally. Yeah. Uh, you know, all of those things. I mean, it is like revolutionary like power and beauty to see this stuff happen. Uh, and it is so amazing to witness it in you, Vedette. And I just, I got your back, sister. You know, wherever you go, you know, I'm there. And I just want you to know that about me and our whole Drumming Sounds crew. You know, we're we're all there for you. And now with the extension of Sacred Seven and the other offerings that we've had, uh, you know, we're in the movement together. You know, myself, you know, I came into this way back in, you know, 1997 was my first <laughs> rainbow gathering, you know, and I started seeing this movement happen back then. And uh, even before that, you know, in the underground kind of rave scene that I think we kind of have that, you know, flur kind of yes, culture yeah. as well, right? We you know, we, we go back, we go yeah. back that far, you know, and it's really amazing to see how this cultural, and it is a culture, you know, it's something that maybe a lot of people don't understand because it's, you know, there's a lot of uh, negativity and even propaganda uh, brought out about what we're doing uh, because it is a peace movement. It is an environmental movement. It is a family movement. Yeah. You know, it is a movement of exploring psychedelic medicines as well you know that's that's a reality of this movement and you know now the world is catching up to that you know myself i did three and a half years for you know for distribution of 
LSD and mushrooms. You know, that's how deep it went into me. I gave yeah. three and a half years. Yeah. And now Colorado, you know, Washington, Oregon, mm -hmm. they're all opening it up. You know, San Francisco, yeah. they're seeing that, you know, how do we heal vets? Mm -hmm. with with fungus with mm -hmm. these medicines you know mm -hmm. how do we heal post-traumatic stress as a child that grew up with post-traumatic stress i'm like a poster child for it you know yeah. to be a functioning entrepreneur now it really holds mm -hmm. you know precedent to these medicines and it's a lot it's a huge conversation yes. uh to talk about but yet it's something that once you know it you know in your heart you know that that it's safe first of all and that you know what's the other answer this this culture right now you know this this culture of consumer captivity this idea of asking a child what are you going to be when you grow up without them knowing who they are first mm -hmm. i mean literally people this is what we're faced with mm -hmm. you know and then on the side of our elders our elders being locked into institutions the medicine i mean it's just you know it's ex it's extraordinary that's you know why there are people like Vedette and like myself that have taken up this banner of hope and not to say that we know all the answers because it's a practice relative you know it is a practice and if anybody will tell you that it's Vedette and myself and anybody that's worth anything really that's out there in the spiritual movement they'll tell you that they are practicing just as well as all of us you know and be careful if they don't tell you that you know be yeah. careful if they don't, you know. So I love you so much, Vedette. And I just love to uh, share a prayer with you before we close. And next time I'd like to come onto your your space and share with you. Uh, if you'd just like to come into this prayer place and just really ground in. and uh, Father, Mother, Creator, Source, I thank you for Vedette. I thank you for her life. I thank you for her beloved, for her new marriage. I pray, Creator, that you would bless this union. And that all those lives that have been affected by these two sacred individuals would be even multiplied, Creator. That it would come even 10, 20-fold the abundance into their lives. I pray that you would release them from any kind of financial insecurity. That they would be the lender and not the borrower, Creator. And that you would bring about abundance that they would know that it is from this prayer right now, Creator. We're relying on you to bring about a transformational energy into Vedette's life. And I thank you for the air, the water, the fire, the earth, gravity, time, spirit. I thank you for the spirits of her ancestors, for her grandmothers that have blessed her into existence. And I thank you for the lineage of the adopted grandparents that are in her life. I thank you for the children that have come into her world, for the mommies and the daddies that have come into her world. And I thank you that you have been a light to her footsteps, a shield of faith to protect her from even the arrow that flies by night, that you have loosened her from any form of captivity creator. And you have allowed for her to walk boldly into your promises, your promises of divine intervention and your promises of divine love. And I release her now as my great sister to you. And I thank you for her creator. I thank you for every part of her life. And I pray that you would grow her medicine and grow her offering in every single way. Beauty above, beauty below, beauty beside, beauty in front, beauty behind, beauty within. I am, we are made beautiful again. Aho. Aho, brother. And if Love you, you so much, out there, if you're a woman out there that hasn't had this type of rite of passage ceremony, you can give that to yourself. And if you are um, a brother out there, a man out there, you can take yourself on a vision quest. And perhaps you can connect with Andrew on what that would look like. But there are ways um, that you can reclaim your ancestral ways for yourself and, re and step back into the inner knowing of who you are for women, for our first blood ceremony that sets the stage for the rest of our life, you know. And we get to reclaim that whenever we want for men, you know, for your life purpose, for your confidence, you know, reach out to Andrew. Um, have to support you in vision questing and just know that you are supported you are always 
supported and protected by the Divine Mother. There has never been a day of your life that you have not been able to walk this planet, breathe this air, eat the food from her womb. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for that. For this blessing. Yeah, yes. I see so much in you, sweet sister. Thank you so much for blessing us today. And so grateful. Woo! My heart's open. Excited for the future. Mm-hmm. Many blessings. Yeah. Blessings. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast of The Sacred 7 Podcast. We want to connect with you further. Please go to thesacred7allspelledout.com to receive a free copy of the book, a link to get your audio book copy, and also ways to connect with us and partner with our outreach to those that are living incarcerated and help us make a difference in the community. The Sacred 7 is a community of people, so we really appreciate your feedback on future show ideas, guests, or any ways that we can better improve our content. Please reach out to us at thesacred7.com.